Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it. Again? I'm back at it again, man. Listen, we have quite a bit to talk about, all right? We got a big injury, New York Jets. Chuck Clark has gone down. We're going to be discussing that. Also, a signing rumor swirling surround the Jets right now. All right? A lot of things moving and shaking on the roster. A lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers vetoing a trade prior to becoming a New York Jet. We're going to be discussing that. We got a lot to talk about. Listen. Let me get into it. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Listen, your boy's also on iTunes as well. Go on over to iTunes, okay? Type in The Long Beach Joe Show. Subscribe to the podcast and give me a five-star rating, all right? I want to thank everybody that does that. I want to thank everybody that leaves me feedback as well. I appreciate it. Boy is also as well on Twitter. Go on over to Twitter. Type in at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe. Follow. Talk to me. I'll talk back. You know, personal page is YoungJ000, all right? Talk to your boy. I go back and forth with a lot of people, a lot of shenanigans on my page (laughs) as of late, okay? We talk football, and we get into it, all right? And also, if you want to catch the show live, because we do live stream the show as well, if you want to see my handsome face, people are telling me constantly, Joe, we knew the show was good, okay? We like listening to you. We enjoyed your takes. We enjoy you going back and forth. We enjoy the callers. But, man, we didn't know that you were a handsome guy. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, arrogant. I'm not an arrogant person. I thank everybody, you know, that says, hey, Joe, you're looking good. We see you. Salute. Thank you, ladies. All right? Thank you. I appreciate you. All right? So if you want to check out what I got going on here, all right, you want to see the show live, you want to see the spectacle that is the Long Beach Joe Show, you want to hear the takes for yourself live, Come on over to YouTube, type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets. Subscribe there. Hit the notification bell so when I post content, you'll be in the know. Also, give the videos a thumbs up because let me tell you something. You're coming here live. It's a, different, it's a different type of time. It's a different experience because you're going to be dealing with the savages in the chat, okay? You want to know why I call my chat the savages? Because they're savage. <laughs> Salutes to how about them Jets. Listen, my chat gets after it, all right? No one's safe. Not even me. If they don't like your take, they're going to let you know about it, okay? So I call them savages. Don't play around. I'm telling you, they'll destroy you, all right? So you're having a lot of fun, moving and shaking, a lot of things moving and popping. Salutes as well to those of you that listen to me on Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk Radio backslash Long Beach Joe Show. I want to thank you all for that as well. Listen, a lot of things going on with the New York Jets, a lot of things happening, a lot of things moving and shaking, and we're going to get into it, all right? We're bouncing. Everything's feeling good. 
But before I get there, everyone knows I am a huge New York Jets fan, right? Thursday, the show's here. You, you, you see the two, you know, people that are next to me, Sauce, A-Rod, they're in the building, all right? But I am not from New York, nor am I from the East Coast, okay? So I grew up on the West Coast my whole life, became a big Jets fan, and I've been all about the team since then. But there's people all around the world that are Jets fans as well that aren't on the East Coast either. And they find a way to gather people to come together and share their love for the team with others. They find other Jets brothers and sisters. They sit down on a weekly basis and watch games together and cheer this team on through thick and thin. So tonight we're going to have one of those people come on, and he's going to talk to us about what they're doing. We're going to have Adam Bartolo come on from the Virginia Jets fan club, and he's going to discuss to us what they do in Virginia, how they rep the Jets, and how they show their love. Adam, thank you for coming on the show tonight. Welcome to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing today, my friend? Joe, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I want to, first of all, thank you for having me on. I, it's always a, a pleasure. It's always a thrill, really, to get invited uh, by you to hang with you and the savages. And I uh, want yep. to say a special hello to everybody watching. And, uh, you know, some people call me Adam. Some call me Wax2K99. I go by uh, a number of names, usually because I need to keep uh, hiding out and escaping. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm excited <laughs> to talk some jokes with you tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, Adam. I'm fired up as well. Now, listen, let's start off with this. Explain to my audience how you became a fan of the New York Jets, man. All right. So I was born in the early 80s, grew up in central New Jersey. I grew up in uh, Edison, so pretty much right in the middle of the state, about 30 minutes south of uh, the Meadowlands, uh, we'll say. And I did not grow up in a big football household. You know, my dad was a uh, – my dad is a Dallas Cowboys fan despite growing up in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, very, we, we got – he has some weird allegiances uh, in our family, no doubt about it. But my next-door neighbor was a really big-time Jets fan. His name was Tom. And I really grew up a big fan of the New York Mets and baseball, and that was the stadium I always went to. But really growing up, I was really a New York football fan in the 80s because both teams at the time really had some things that were really uh, appealing. But the more I got into the Mets, it just felt like the natural fit was to go with the Jets, you know, sort of like the second team, you know, in the city, the more blue-collar fan, the one where, you know, you got it develops your character to root for that team. I mean, you don't, you know, I like rooting for teams where you don't have a bandwagon going on. And uh, oh, no yeah. doubt that is the situation with the New York Jets. And uh, oh, over yeah. the years, it's just it's just grown stronger and stronger. And uh, what you have now is a very devoted, passionate, crazy guy that you're speaking to uh, right now. Yeah, listen, Adam, that's a story. That is a story. I, a lot of people fall in love with this team a lot of different ways. Some people just grow up in a household, and they just told from the time that they can remember – Put this green jersey on. You're a Jets fan. That's in the discussion. You know what I'm saying? But you fell in love with the team naturally. And like you said, for years, you know, there was no bandwagon here. You you love the Jets. You love the Jets. There's no bandwagon fans. We have some issues. But things are changing a little bit, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, okay, because we got some, we've made some big moves. We acquired, acquired a big quarterback. And we've got some guys in the building that really I think is going to turn things around. But we'll talk about that in a second. Now I want to discuss with you your fan club, man. How did your fan club come about? 
out there in Virginia? You know, it was something that I really was looking for because, you know, I lived in Chicago for 20 years. I went to college in Boston. Um, It's amazing that I'm alive uh, after that experience. As a matter (laughs) of fact, just on a side note, I got my 20-year college reunion in Boston coming up this fall. I have not been in that city in 19 years, and I'm telling you this, it is the week after the first Jets-Patriots game. It better be coming off a Jets victory. I don't even know if I can show my face in that region coming off another loss. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, but I'm so used. I'm so used to dealing with fans of other of other teams. You know, living in Chicago where I was, it's like 95% Bears, 4% Packers, and 1% everything else. I mean, you know, it's sort of a Midwest thing, but people don't come there from all over the country. So we did have a Chicago Jets fans group down by Wrigley Field on uh, Clark Street at a place called Country Club. Uh, So if you're ever in Chicago, check out Country Club. They got a great group there too. But it was difficult to get to because it was at least an hour drive, and that's without traffic. You know, tough to find parking, paying the Chicago prices. I mean, I'd spend as much time commuting down there as I did actually watching the game. And it wasn't something I could do all the time. So I I had my local place uh, in the west suburbs of Chicago that I loved going to, but I was always the only Jet fan there and you know if something happened whether it was good or bad believe me the whole restaurant knew about it i mean th- that was just part of the deal they just they just knew who i was so then uh, yeah. fast forward to 2017 and i uh, decided to leave the midwest i wanted out i was looking at a couple of places wound up moving to norfolk virginia or the norfolk area of virginia and i was looking up a jets fans group and i found the virginia jets fans now, this group was started back in 1990 by a guy named Sterling, who is like, uh, he's a classic hippie. You know, it, it just Woodstock, tie-dye, I mean, a- a- everything. I mean, he, that, that's, just, that's just him. You know, fantastic guy. He actually thinks uh, drinking natural light is like uh, the top beer you can actually drink. I mean, it, it's, he's a crazy kind of guy. But... <laughs> hanging out with the group and I, within weeks I was leading the touchdown chance because of my energy, you know, so my mm. rookie year, if you go to my uh, trophy shelf and I'm not making this up, I've got the fireman Ed award and I've got the rookie of the year award. <laughs> okay, so okay. Uh, we, that's how serious this group is. I mean, we're talking award ceremonies and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's serious business. It's a big deal. And uh, fast forward about two years, about two years later, Sterling moved down to Florida, where he is uh, today, and they were looking for a new president. Uh, one guy was there six months, but the, in that position, but uh, he moved away uh, down in North Carolina, and they gave me the spot. And I've been president of the group now for three years. And uh, on Facebook, I'll tell you what, the Virginia Jets fans, we've got about 750 people right now as part of the group. But I'll tell you one of the things that's so cool about it, it's not just about football, it's about family. Because it's not just meeting for 17 regular season games. You know, we have an off season. We have events. We go to baseball games, hockey games. Last year we we did axe throwing together. You know, during the we did a draft party on Thursday night. 
on the Saturday we did our chili cook-off and watched the third day of the draft together, you know. And uh, so those have been some of the big moments, but uh, I've gotten much more into the uh, the graphic design lately, and I've started to, you know, create a little bit of a, a YouTube presence and uh, design and designing stuff, trying to make stuff a little bit more slick. But, you know, mm-hmm. we love having people come in because Virginia – I'll explain this. Norfolk, Virginia is a very heavy military area. People move here yep. from all over the country all the time. Yep. So that's one that's reason it was so easy for me to fit in because you have a lot of New Yorkers and whatnot that come down here. So it's been an absolute blessing for me to find this group. Yeah. Listen, Adam, where can people hang out with you? Where do you folks meet? How do you folks get together? Yeah, so the easiest way to find us, first of all, on social media is on Facebook at the Virginia Jets fans. But we watch our games at AJ Gators on Shore Drive, which is in the north part of uh, Norfolk. It's a little, uh, little strip mall basically right across the street from, uh, from the beach. And, uh, yeah, we've got our own corner uh, there. We've got plenty of TVs. The food's really good. If you know uh, Green Bean, he uh, has come down a couple of times from uh, Charlottesville because he lives a couple of hours away. And he's a little bit of a wing connoisseur. He's ordered the Gates of Hell wings, and he, and he just he keeps raving about them because they're not just hot. They've got flavor. So it's good okay. food, good drinks, good service. Yeah, it's just a, it's a great place to hang out and, uh, and watch football. It really is. So AJ Gators on Shore Drive in Norfolk. Awesome. And, again, we're speaking with Adam Bartolo of the Virginia Jets Fans Club. He's given us some great knowledge about everything that they do there in Virginia with the fan club and how they put things together. Now, Adam, earlier you talked about the club not just being about loving the team, right? You folks cheer the Jets on through and through. But it's also about being family. You connect with each other, okay? And I know that myself, right, when you're in an area like you are in Virginia, having that connection with other Jets fans is big because, boy, it can get rough out there, all right? Virginia, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of you know, uh, Washington football team fans. There's a lot of Cowboys fans. There's a lot of just miscellaneous fans. But one thing I noticed, they all love to dump on the Jets, at least when I was there. That's what they enjoyed mm. doing, okay? When they saw me in my green and white jersey, it was the Jets are trash. The Jets suck. Hey, how could you be a fan of the Jets? It was, it was just, you know, constant comments, and I would have to respond the way I needed to respond, okay? Now, for you, Adam, what is it like being a Jet fan in your local area out there in VA? It's not as bad. Put it this way. You, you know, I was able to kind of slip under the radar in the Midwest because nobody had any real reason to like or hate the Jets where I was. But now mm-hmm. it's crazy. You'll drive down the road and you will see every single team if, if you look hard enough. You know, you mentioned Washington, you mentioned Dallas, but you still got a lot of fans here from Philly. You got a lot of Philly fans oh, who yeah. move down here. You got Pittsburgh fans from all over the place. You know, you'll see, you'll see some New England uh, as well. But there really isn't – I mean, most teams are pretty well represented in this area. So, yeah, you can, uh, you can definitely find that connection. You know, now by no means are the Jets a bandwagon team, although I wouldn't mind them becoming a bandwagon team. That just means that they're doing well. <laughs> but, we, but we talk about it. It's like, you know, there's no such thing as a bandwagon Jets fan. There hasn't been, yeah. but I got a feeling uh, that kind of might start. But I'll tell you another thing I've noticed. People who hate Aaron Rodgers, they now hate the Jets mm. as well. 
you know, mm. we're, we're no longer at the lovable losers. We're, or, you know, we're like people either love us or hate us right now. I, I'm noticing yep. sharp, serious, firm opinions on the Jets, and I don't think it's been that way since uh, Rex was coaching. I think it's been it's been well over a decade since the Jets were yeah. in that situation. Yeah, listen, I keep telling people with the moves we made, we are now, you know, the team that a lot of a lot of people are circling on that schedule. We got six prime time games, Adam. Six could be seven. I think. I think they're gonna. They might flex one of our games. We're gonna be on TV. We're gonna be everywhere. Okay. And now, listen. We've talked to you about your fan club. Everything you folks are doing there in Virginia. I want everybody to get involved with everything you folks do. But I want to talk to you about this team. I'm chomping at the bit to discuss the things that we've done and the moves that we've made. You started to talk about Aaron Rodgers. That fired me up. Like we said. All eyes are on us now. We are now the team that everybody's going to be looking at to, to beat. They're circling us on the schedule. They know every single time the Jets roll in, everybody and their mama is going to be watching that game because of the man, Aaron Rodgers. Give me your thoughts and your feelings on Aaron Rodgers now being the New York Jets quarterback. I mean, isn't it surreal? Is it, doesn't it just – it, it, has it hit you yet that he really is our quarterback now? No. <laughs> the simple answer to that question <laughs> is no. I could, I could put it this way. <laughs> I, I brought a black Aaron Rodgers uh, fashion jersey, so it's pretty cool. It's actually got the uh, – it's a black jersey, with, which actually says Jets on the chest instead of New York, which I got to tell you, I really prefer. Uh, I like that. That's like the biggest thing, not to get off track, but the biggest gripe I have with our uniforms is it doesn't say Jets anywhere but the helmet. But the numbers mm. are green with a white outline. So it's a little bit of a different look. It's a little sharper uh, to me. But that is only the second Jets jersey I brought in 15 years. That tells you all you really need to know. You know, it's still – because we knew for a while it was probably going to happen. But, I mean, it wasn't exhilaration when it finally came down. It was relief. The, the number one emotion for me is just relief, like, okay, because, you know, let's be honest, the Jets have painted themselves into a corner where it was Rodgers or nothing. I had no interest in drafting a quarterback at all. You know, Derek Carr, you could have made the argument for, but the Jets felt that it was worth taking a chance to basically allow New Orleans to sign him and to take the chance of trying to get the big prize. And it's amazing to me that the Jets not only wanted him, but he wanted the Jets. I mean, as New York Jets fans, how often were we even in a position to get a player like this? An all-time yeah. bona fide legend of the game. In my mind, the most talented quarterback, physically gifted quarterback I've seen maybe in my lifetime. It, for me, it's like him and Ooh. Peyton Manning. That's, that's it for me over the last uh, 20, 30, year, 30 years, I would say. That's how good. I think those two are above in terms of everything they bring to the table. You know, also, yeah. you know, when you factor in his strength, his competitive fire, his mobility, his accuracy, his calmness, his poise, Rodgers is an absolute package. And the fact yeah. that he – yeah, I can. It doesn't matter what I do. I can watch the press conferences. I can watch the Pat McAfee show over again. I can watch Flight 2023. I can follow him on Instagram. I don't know if it's even going to hit me until September 11th, around eight o'clock, when he runs onto the field for the first time on that Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills. It is still yeah. absolutely surreal, but man, I'm 
I am so excited because now we have legit expectations, not just blind hope, not just blind faith, but legitimate confidence that we're going to have an exciting season. Yeah. And and, and the thing that that absolutely sold me on him the most, right? Of course, everyone knows I loved Aaron Rodgers prior to him even becoming a Jet, all right? That's, That's well known. But the fact that he got here and from the time that he got into this building, he told people, listen, raise your expectations, prepare yourselves, get ready. We're going to get on this field. And from day one, it was all business. Came in, came into, did the voluntary workouts, got with guys. You see him on the sidelines teaching guys, him and Nathaniel Hackett, they're letting guys know, hey, this is where you need to be. This is what you need to do. If things are not going the way they should be going on the offensive side of the ball, he will stop things. You know, pre, uh, post-snap, break things out, say, hey, look, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to go. He's directing guys. He's breaking film down with guys. He's in the film room letting guys know where they need to be within the offense. Guys new and old are learning from him. Veterans and new guys are, you know, picking his brain. C.J. Uzama talked about how he's learning every single day about stuff within the ticks of the offense and how Aaron Rodgers has impacted him as well as far as bringing up his knowledge of the game. That's crazy because he could have came in here and big-timed us. He could have, you know, he didn't have to show up to the, to, the, to the voluntary stuff. He didn't have to do that. He could have just came in here and said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, do my business. We'll figure things out during the season, and we'll, we, you know, we'll work ourselves into a, into a lap there, and we'll get going. No, he's coming in here to get things done. He's coming in here to win, and he's let people know that from the jump. And not just that, right? We talk about the impact that he has, but he's also talked about the impact that he wants to have on Zach Wilson. A lot of people want to throw him out the door, and I get it. He hasn't you know, showing up the way that we would have hoped that he had, especially with the high draft pick. It's not over yet, though. The door's not closed on him. But Aaron Rodgers has impacted him as well. He's talked about, uh, Zach Wilson has talked about how he goes to Aaron and he picks his brain and he tries to figure things out, and he's learning so much within the offense every single day. And Aaron himself even said that one of his duties, okay, one of the things he feels like he's responsible for outside of just playing well on the field is preparing Zach Wilson so that when his time is done and he's ready to move on maybe two years from now or three years from now or whenever, he's going to try his damn best to make sure that Zach Wilson is going to be prepared to take the reins when he goes. Adam, give me your thoughts about that, man. That's what has really shocked me about Aaron Rodgers is his brand of leadership and what he's brought to the Jets. Give me your thoughts on that, man. It's like having another head coach. Uh, almost, because he is a player. He demands respect. You know, there, there's no choice whether or not you're going to listen to Aaron Rodgers. If you're not going to listen to Aaron Rodgers, it, put it this way. If Aaron Rodgers can't make you a better player on offense, who can? Aaron Rodgers, I'll, I'll give you an example. Aaron Rodgers has thrown touchdown passes to 47 different players. If I went through the list of guys who have caught a touchdown from him, it, you know, you'd be like, who is this guy? I mean, like the Jake Kumaros of the world, the Jeff Janices of the world, guys like this, people that nobody outside of a diehard Packers fan would know. He can elevate players to be that much better than what we perceive them to be. And so to me, there isn't a single player on offense. I'm like, well, this guy, he can't contribute. 
I have so much more confidence in what this offense can potentially do. And here's the other thing, the depth. But look how deep this offensive line is. You know, how many years have we been watching Jets games? Let's just talk about preseason games. I'm not even talking regular season. But when the second line offensive line comes in, they get abused over and over and over again. But think about we have 11 or 12 legitimate offensive linemen that can be on this roster. That is one of the things I'm most excited about is the way that the Jets have built up depth at the most important positions. If you look at the biggest questions on this roster right now, what are you going to go towards? Safety, linebacker, you know, positions that, you know, you would like to be good. You know, is Brees Hall going to be ready to start week one? These are positions you want to be good, but if they're not, they're not not the most important positions in the world. And for years, our best players, our top draft picks were safeties, linebackers, running backs, you know, guys like this. It was a foolish way to build a team. It was not a smart Mm -hmm. way to sustain a quality team. And we're still dealing with a little bit of that, but we've seen what Joe Douglas has done in terms of changing the priorities of the, of the scouts, of the coaches, and that is what appealed to Aaron Rodgers. He believed in Nathaniel Hackett. He believes in Robert Sala for sure, and he sees the vision that Joe Douglas is creating with the talent that they have. Remember a year ago, you know, the Jets and Packers not only play, but they, they scrimmage together. Aaron Rodgers got to yeah. see these guys up close, and that's what caught yeah. his attention. This thing didn't start a couple months ago. This thing has been going on for over a year. Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay for years. He finally got his wish, and man, oh, man, can, can you believe he, the idea just even three years ago that the Jets would have Aaron Rodgers? It, it, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It, it's like I, I must have been playing Madden. I mean, what am I talking about here? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 And so Rogers raises the profile of, of the whole team, not just, you know, the offense, but it's the whole perception of the franchise and how it feels to be a Jets fan. I go out now with a Jets fan. I mean, I don't get like a sad shake of the head or like a, a sarcastic smile being like, you guys, guys got to be pretty excited for this year. You know, that's what I get now as, yeah. as a Jets fan. And it's because of number eight, but he wouldn't be here if not for the change in leadership at the top of the organization. Exactly. And that's exactly where I was going to go. I think that speaks to the fact that of how well of a job Joe Douglas has done building this football team. And it also speaks to how good of a job Robert wow. Sulla has done as well. Right? The second that we hired Robert Sulla, guys around the league were like, the Jets got this right. <laughs> I mean, guys that were not on our team at all, Richard Sherman, I remember vividly coming out, there was other guys around the league as well saying, the Jets got this right, they got a darn good coach in that, in that building, and, you know, I'm excited to see him go there and succeed. And we even saw the presence of Robert Sulla attract players to come here. C.J. Uzama talked about it. Coming here because, look, I see what the Jets are building. I like the head coach, DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead, various other players. Yeah. They came in and said, listen, I'm here because Coach Sulla is here, and I know he's going to put me in a position to make plays, and I know that this team is on the rise. I remember the days when we used to have to dramatically – I'm talking about oh. dramatically overplay, overpay players to come here. And those days, this is not happening. Joe Douglas is not going to get fleeced, brother. <laughs> like You're going to get compensated fairly. But this this is not Mike McCagnin. Those days are over. 
And it's because of the change, like you said, in leadership, the change in structure. We're no longer, no longer a clown show organization, and we're addressing positions of impact. I used to talk about this constantly, and I would just get railed because of it. People, Joe, that's not, you, that's not, you don't have to build a team like that. No, positions of impact, offensive line, which is extremely important, you know, corner, he went and got sauce, wide receiver, he went and got Garrett Wilson. You look at all these things, these weapons, these positions of impact, pass rush. We have various got Carl Lawson and Huff and Will McDonough, who he just drafted. All of this is accumulated into a change, a complete change, so much so that a Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, a first ballot Hall of Famer, has said, yes, the New York Jets, that's where I want to be, and that's where I want to play. Okay? That's and you you talked about the overpaying. I want to say this. You talked about the overpaying. Think about who we were overpaying. Avery Williamson, C.J. Mosley, linebackers. Meanwhile, who were we getting to play tackle? Like Kelvin Beecham, nice player. Yeah. But we drafted, you know, during the whole Isaac McCagney era, two or three offensive linemen over that entire period. It was all backwards. Mm-hmm. It was all yeah. backwards. Yeah, yeah. And I remember no. telling people that. They didn't want to hear it. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear it, baby. When I was saying it, when I was saying, listen, Mike McCagney needs to get fired. We need to get a way better GM in here. You cannot build a team around a safety. Uh, Jamal Adams got to go. Get him out of here. People did not like that. But Joe Douglas has made moves and things have changed. Now, we're talking about moving and shaking, bringing guys in here. We signed some guys this offseason, Adam. Who was your favorite free agent signing from this current offseason? Hmm. It's an interesting question because this was not an offseason where the Jets had, you know, boatloads of salary cap space to spend. I mean, they really mm-hmm. only signed, I think, Lazard over the first, like, three days or so. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. the most exciting free agent has to be uh, Tim Boyle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would probably go with McCole Hardiman. I like that he's okay. coming from Kansas City and that he has a knack for playing in big games. He has the ability to, uh, to be a good returner, but I think he's going to be that burner that this offense has, for the most part, lacked. You know, he can get over the top of a defense, and I think he's really going to make these defenses play honest. You know, I don't – you know, of course I like uh, signing Alan Lazard. I think Quentin Jefferson's a pretty good defensive tackle. A lot of these signings, yeah. though, were depth, especially for the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. I just think McCole Hardiman has a big upside. Not that he's going to finish first on the team in yardage or touchdowns or targets or receptions or anything like that. But I think this is a player that you can use in a number of ways, not only as a returner, but as sort of a gadget player who can – he's like Braxton Berrios, but a much better. I think he's, I think he's going to be yeah. a much better Berrios, better hands, you know, better size, I think this is a player who's uh, who's going to make a pretty big impact uh, as long as this offense knows how to use them, what kind of formation to put him in. So I would go with Hardiman. Yeah, I, I think Nicole, I'm telling you, he's going to come in, like you said as well, and be that, that weapon X. We're going to move him around a lot. We're going to see – you know, jet sweeps with him, handing the ball off to him. I think I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to utilize him in various different ways, moving him around in that slot as well. I'm telling you, I think he's going to be able to pick apart some defenses. And like you said, he's a guy that can move. This is a guy that can fly. So that explosive type of option is really going to benefit the New York Jets, especially, again, you got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that ball's going to get there. 
accurately, okay, and on time, all right? Now, as we continue to talk about this football team, I want to talk to you about the draft, man. I did a live draft show, Adam, and let me tell you, people were not happy about Will McDonald initially when he was selected, okay? I looked at some of the savages, and they were like, I don't like this. There was other guys you should have taken. We should have traded down. We should have did this. Give me your thoughts about Will McDonald, and tell me who your favorite New York Jets draft pick was from this recent draft. You know, the whole process has become more and more fascinating as time has gone on because we had a, a draft party at AJ Gators with the Virginia Jets fans. And it's actually pretty funny. So I'm actually going to, I'll tell you a little story about it. So we do a raffle and what I do is write down a bunch of players' names, draft prospects' names, put them on a piece of paper, put everything into a hat, and whoever, and everybody at the party got like two or three slips of paper. So whichever player's name was the first Jets draft pick, they would win a prize, okay? The funny thing about that is I wrote down 40 names. Will McDonald was not among them. <laughs> That's yeah, how off the radar he was. I don't think anybody really linked him to the Jets at all. I don't remember people no, talking about no, him. Of course, people early, talked about him pre-draft, but not coming to the Jets. No, I mean, I knew of him. I figured he was maybe an early second-round pick. I, I could I could have seen that happening. But I didn't see defensive end. I, wa- I wanted to address defensive tackle. I wanted to address offensive tackle, you know, more than anything. But now that we've uh, figured out a little bit more as we go along, we've seen now that Joe Douglas foresaw what was going to happen. He saw Pittsburgh mm-hmm. trading, trading up and selecting Broderick Jones, and apparently Broderick was not that high on the Jets' wish list. They wanted him, but they weren't completely head over heels for him. I still think Paris Johnson was the player they really wanted. If they could have had their mm-hmm. pick, I really think it was going to be him, but it was never realistic. So no. that 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 was that was a little bit of a, a little bit of a blow. I was interested. There have been so many rumors that have been fascinating. I mean, Michael Mayer, the tight end, who I like a lot, but. I think this tight end room is so deep. I just don't see where there would have been room. We've heard rumors in the past about uh, Gibbs, the running back. I mean, I I don't know how they could have ever drafted a running back in the first round. It, that, yeah. to me, would not have made sense. So no. when the McDonald pick happened, it was initial surprise. But the more I thought about it and the more I looked into it, the more sense it made. So I'll give you a number or two. The Jets finished fifth in the league last year in sacks. They had 45 sacks, which is, which is not a bad number. But if you look at hurry percentage, they finished 22nd. So what that tells you is the Jets didn't off, get to the quarterback as often as other teams did. But when they actually did, they got the sack. Now, when, now you look ahead at the schedule that we got to face this year. We got to face Mahomes, Herbert, you know, Hurts. Josh Allen twice. You know, there are, there's some big boys. There's some very talented quarterbacks that the Jets got to face who are on the schedule. So, Deshaun yeah. Watson. So, yeah, so when you do that, you know what? Why not up the pass rush? Because the Jets have the depth, but maybe they don't have that, you know, that upper echelon guy. So, Carl Lawson, his contract's coming up. Bryce Huff. His contract's coming up. So one of the things the Jets are going to do is to keep building up this pipeline of edge rushers. You know, we know the Jets are going to have 10 defensive linemen on this roster. There is no way around that. 
And uh, McDonald is just going to be another piece, and we'll see what kind of usage she gets early on. But the more the time has gone on, the more I get it. Now, I'll run through the yeah. other ones. My favorite pick was probably Joe Tittman. I wanted a center in the worst way. I was very, very happy that uh, the Jets were able to get him. You know, they c- clearly valued him over John Michael Schmitz, and I think that's who most uh, Jets fans were uh, hoping would fall to that draft spot. Uh, but they, they took Tittman, love it, love the mullet, all good. Uh, most of the other guys I didn't know a whole lot about. I mean, Carter Warren I wasn't very familiar with. You know, the big thing with him is injury history. I kind of look at him mm-hmm. like I would uh, Max Mitchell last year. This should be hopefully a redshirt season for him, uh, you know, to sort of refine his game, you know, refine his footwork, and uh, hopefully he can have a big role on the team next season. Uh, Israel, running back, uh, love the speed, the fact that he was a sprinting champion, the fact that he's a New Yorker, I like all of that. Uh, Zaire, Zaire Barnes and Jarek Bernard Converse. Well, the backside of this defense, especially in the middle, it needs some speed. I still don't know if this is a team that is going to be very good at coverage, particularly in the middle of the field, when it comes to tight ends, running backs, and things like that. So I'm hoping those guys will be able to play a role. As a matter of fact, I think Jarek Bernard Converse might be in that Jason Pinnock sort of role where the Jets might work on converting him over to a safety. So that's something Mm -hmm. I would look at. But i got to spend one minute and talk about my guy Zach Kuntz. Now, just truth be told, Zach Kuntz went to Old Dominion University. The Virginia Jets fans, we have season tickets to ODU football. So i got to be honest with you. This, <laughs> as we know, yeah. this is our not, guy. Not we have adopted owner. Zach Kuntz as our guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, so we have adopted Zach, uh, no doubt about it, as uh, as our guy. We really hope he makes the roster. You know, his athleticism is off the chart. He is very raw. He still needs to learn how to play the game. You know, I, I have no idea. He has a very low floor, but a very high ceiling. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he feels like our guy, oh man, we're going to be riding the, uh, we're going to be riding it with Zach Hunt. He'll be like our ride or die jet. No question about it. Yeah, you listen, listen. I, I think Zach will see what happens with him. Again, we have we're loaded at tight end with Ruckert, you know, uh, Uzama. Then you got Conklin as well. We'll see what happens going forward. But let me tell you something. You I, when Will McDonald was selected, I was surprised he wasn't the guy that I thought we were going to go after. But once Broderick was taken off of the the board, and I I personally believe that if Broderick was there, the Jets would have drafted him. I know people want to go with this. Uh, you know, narrative that the Jets would have taken Will McDonald anyway. I don't personally think that, and I think there's some some clues to that. I've talked about that in the past as well. Uh, but, you know, Will McDonald being in the building is a good move for the New York Jets because, like you said as well, you look at where we're trying to go in this league. If you can't rest the passer, because as of right now, every the, the, the Super Bowl runs through Kansas City. If you can't find some way to get to Patrick Mahomes and bring him down, you're going to have a long day against them. And the Bills, in our division, is a team that was looking at the situation and said, hey, look, we're going to go up against this team, you know, every year it feels like if we're trying to get to a Super Bowl. What did they do? They went and got Von Miller. They already had a good, you know, pass rush. They had guys over there that was getting it done. But they said we need to keep up in the ante because we got to find some way to get to this guy in Kansas City and get him down. So when you look at us, we should be doing the exact same thing. You have to get edge pressure in this league. If you don't, Man, you're going to have a long day. And even if it's good, it doesn't matter. Get better. 
We saw the Giants in our backyard. The Giants won a Super Bowl like that, right? Waves of pass rushers, uh, Strahan, OCU Manura, they were just throwing guys at you, and they got them a ring. So I, I like the pick. I like what he brought in here. I wasn't as upset as others were about Will McDonald, but I think everybody kind of calmed down once they really started to see what he could bring to the table. And even talking about him in college, you know, he wasn't necessarily played – uh, a lot of people talked about him being played out of position and that even, you know, he was still succeeding, but if he was utilized better within the defense, boy, oh, boy, you could really unleash. But he's a long guy. He's got a lot of bend and he's got a lot of speed to him, so I'm excited. Listen, Adam, it's been phenomenal speaking to you tonight. Before I let you go, give my callers, give my listeners all of the information to get involved with you the Virginia Jets fan club. And also tell us about your YouTube. You haven't said nothing about that. Tell us about your YouTube and everything you're doing on here as well. All right. Well, thank you for that again, uh, Joe. So you can reach out to the Virginia Jets fans at the Virginia Jets fans on Facebook. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, feel, you're more than welcome to join. And uh, hey, even if you don't live in Virginia, if uh, you ever want, if you're ever in the area, you're more than welcome to join us. And, uh, hey, even if you're in the Northeast, you could always take an Amtrak train down to Virginia from as north as Boston. It uh, goes all the way down into coastal Virginia. And, uh, yeah, you are always more than welcome to join us. So we meet at AJ Gators on Shore Drive in Norfolk, Virginia. And, uh, like I said, it's more than just about the game days. You know, we have a whole off-season. Our our next event is going to be the Family Fun Day which is our annual pool party, and uh, that's going to be on July 22nd. And we're actually going to be hanging out, it looks like, with the local Browns fans uh, for the Hall of Fame game in early August. Yeah, they they got quite a group. Mm. (laughs) Put it this way. They are as blue-collar and as roughneck as you would expect a Cleveland Browns uh, fan group to be. (laughs) They literally live up to all the hype. God bless them. i got to say that. So, and as far as my YouTube goes, uh, you could find me at NY Sports Wicker Media. So, NY Sports Wicker Media. And uh, I've been doing that channel now for a little over a year, and uh, we are at well over 600 subscribers, which is fantastic. I try to talk a whole lot of New York sports, a whole lot of teams. So, now my teams tend to be the Mets, the Jets, the Rangers, and the Knicks. But if something moves me, I'm going to talk about it. I've done some uh, pro wrestling on there. I've done some U.S. soccer during the World Cup. Uh, done some uh, okay. Devils. Done some Yankees. So yeah, whatever moves me, I'll talk about it. But uh, probably the, one of the next big things I got planned uh, next weekend. I'm going to be spending the weekend in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the Mets will be there. I'll be going to uh, to a game or two and kind of eating my way through the city. So my plan is to uh, kind of video that trip a little bit. So. Uh, you, you might have to watch me uh, eat a little bit, but I'll be trying a whole lot of food, and I plan on having one heck of a time. So uh, check that out at NY Sports Wicker Media. All right. Listen, Adam, I want to thank you for calling in tonight and sharing, uh, you know, all your love for the football team and also enlightening everyone about what you folks are doing there in Virginia. I'm going to let you go. You have yourself a good night, my friend. All right. Thanks so much, Joe. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and go Jets. That's what I'm talking about. Listen again. That was Adam Bartolo of the Virginia Jets Fan Club. Get involved with them any way that you can. Get on over to Facebook, type in Virginia Jets Fans, and, uh, you know, get involved with their Facebook, man. They're a passionate group. He's a passionate fan as well. Always love 
uh, speaking football with him, talking about the New York Jets. So with that put to the side, time talking to Adam, but now we've got to move forward because, boy, oh, boy, do we have quite a bit to talk about. We're going to come to the callers in just a second. We're going to cover, you know, some slight things here. Again, so everybody, Steve, Rusty, Jake, everybody, hold on a second. New caller, hold on. New callers, excuse me. Hold on. We'll get to everybody. Trust. All right. Yep. The New York Jets have had an injury. All right. We've had an injury. We already had questions at the safety position, right? That was one of the concerns that everyone had. Well, Chuck Clark has gone down, which is, you know, believed to be an ACL injury. Uh, It's reported that he may have torn his ACL or suffered a big knee injury. Now, again, he is looking to get a second opinion. The results from that second opinion have not come out yet, at least not publicly, but it is believed that his ACL is torn and that he will miss significant time, if not all, of next season. And what's crazy about this situation with Chuck Clark is that, to this point, he hadn't ever missed a game due to injury, okay? (laughs) He's played in 96 of 98 possible games since he entered the league in 2017. He was a, you know, he was an Ironman. He was a warrior, you know, very, very durable, you know, ends up injuring his knee again. I, I, I keep saying I hope it's not as bad as what has been reported, but you know, immediately Joe Douglas responded to this injury with signing Adrian Amos. Okay, now Adrian Amos is a safety. Uh, he gave him a one-year deal. It, the deal is up to $4 million, uh, you know, for, for the one year. Now, keep in mind, Amos is 30 years old, and he also played with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He's a former Packer as well, all right? And once that happens, some people try to light things. Oh, Aaron Rodgers probably meant – Aaron Rodgers didn't make them do this, okay? Don't start that, don't start that nonsense. <laughs> don't start these shenanigans, okay? Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, is here, but they made the signing because Amos is a solid safety, all right? So now keep in mind he started, uh, you know, every game the past, you know, five seasons that he's been playing, so everything's looking good there. Now Amos, he before, but he was primarily a strong safety with the Packers. Now, if you look at the situation, it makes you wonder, you know, he comes here, I'm guessing he's going to be moved back to the free safety position, and they're going to keep Whitehead as strong safety. That's what I'm guessing, right? But we'll see what happens, continue to go forward. When you look at the Jets' safety situation, though, really, the only kind of starting caliber guys is Whitehead, Amos, Clark. Those are kind of only the starting caliber guys. We do have other guys as well, of course, at that safety position, Tony Adams, Trey Dean, uh, the third, Marquise Waters. Jarek Bernard Converse, who's a guy we just drafted, I think he's a guy that is probably going to be moved around within that safety role probably too. We all know that Sella likes to, you know, kind of rotate back there and move guys around in and out. And Jarek Bernard does have, you know, some experience within that safety position, at least in college he played, uh, you know, back there as well. And this is coming off of the heels of us, you know, just cutting Will Parks as well. So he's gone off the Jets roster. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Sella and Alberts do and how they handled the defense on the back end at that safety position. But it sucks to see Chuck Clark go down. You know, we'll see what happens going forward. So we're going to get to the lines, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. A lot of things moving, a lot of things shaking around the Jets as well. Craig Carton also reported 
that Aaron Rodgers turned down a Patriots trade. Rumors swirling, man. Again, we know Craig Carton in the past has said some things. Uh, there were some talks about the 49ers stepping in to grab Aaron Rodgers if the Jets didn't get the deal done immediately. I remember that stuff, okay? Now, do I believe this report from Craig Carton? Uh, not really. Right, I'm keeping it all the way real, okay? You know, maybe possibly the Patriots might have inquired about it, but to be completely honest, we knew the teams that were in on Aaron Rodgers. From the jump, we knew. And it's been reported from the jump that the Jets were the team that stood out the most, and they were the team from the jump that really wanted him, and a lot of teams were good on it and pulled back. All right? So we're going to get your thoughts on that. According to Craig Carton, he told the Patriots and the Packers, if you trade me to New England, I'm going to retire. I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know about that report. All right? So we're going to get to it. Also, the Jets are practicing, okay? We're going to have joint practices with the Bucks and the Panthers, but not the Giants this season as well. Hmm, that's interesting. No Giants, okay, just Bucks and Panthers. So we'll see what's going on. So I want to get to the callers again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. First caller I'm going to is my guy, Steve. Steve, I'm coming directly to you. Rusty will come to you in a second. We're coming directly to Steve. Steve's the early bird. <laughs> For those of you that do not know, Steve, he's a savage. I mean, he's a savage. Damn, Steve. Savage, man. I had to get that Jets channel off first calling in tonight. Listen, we're talking Jets, man. A lot of things moving and shaking around the New York Jets. Chuck Clark goes down with a knee injury. Jets sign Adrian Amos. How are you feeling about that, man? What are your thoughts about the safety position now? Hey, Joe. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me on your show tonight. It's always great talking to you. And and listen, I don't care if you push the wrong button or not. Listen, it's all good, man. So, so okay. So, anyway... So, obviously, you know, we're at this time of the year now. You know, the Jets are on their vacation now. This is the time when there's not really going to be any news in the NFL until when we get closer to, like, to July and all that stuff, like next month in July. But the thing is, you know, as you mentioned, Joe, obviously Chuck Clark went down with an injury. It must have happened on the last day of practice. And apparently we didn't find this out until, like, the next day. Um, after, mm-hmm. like, that's had their final practice of of their OTAs. And then and – what, and the thing is, listen, we don't know what the full injury is yet. I know Chuck Clark said that he's looking to get, you know, a second option, obviously, to see, like, if he could play through it. But, you know what, signing Adrian Amos, obviously, was really, really smart. I mean, I've watched his highlights before. You know, when he played in Green Bay, he's also played in Chicago. He is a really good safety. He's not, listen, is he the best safety in the league? No, but he is a good partner for Jordan Whitehead, though. And the thing is, I know the safety position has been one of the, has been a lacking position for us for the last couple of years, years for us. But, you know, but I did like the signing of Adrian Amos. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a solid move, especially, again, 
You know, Chuck Clark goes down. He was a guy that we all were excited about, a guy that Joe Douglas was able to get really for next to nothing, and a guy that we really thought was going to be able to come in here and make an impact. He, you know, was a solid safety there with the Ravens before we were actually able to grab him, you know, from them. So it sucks to see him go down, man. But, again, we got, you know, Adrian in the building. He's going to be able to fill a role. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they handle him again. I think he's a guy that they're probably going to put at the free safety spot. They're probably going to leave Whitehead at that strong safety spot, but we'll see. But as we continue to talk about this defense, Steve, the safety position now, you know, with Amos here, that's looking like it's going to be okay. But when you look at the Jets' pass rushing situation, I got a question for you, man. What Jets defensive players do you think we'll see have double-digit sacks this upcoming season? Well, well, I do hope, though, once when he gets his contract signed, uh, I think Quinnen Williams could have a double-digit sack season this year. I also think Carl Lawson could have a double-digit sack season this year. And, heck, you know what, I'm going to take this as a risk of a pick, but I think Will McDonald could have a double-digit sack. I mean, obviously, he, he okay. obviously, you know, with Will McDonald, what? you what? know, the thing is, is that, you know, Joe, the other day, I was actually watching some of Will McDonald's highlights the other day from when he was at mm-hmm. Iowa State, and now I can understand why Joe Douglas picked him at number 15. And the thing is, I know a lot of Jet fans at first, you know, as, as, as the guy from Virginia who was just on, uh, I listened to his whole thing, you know, he said mm-hmm. that, you know, that, you know, everybody, a lot of Jet fans I know did not like the Will McDonald pick. You know, everybody all thought the Will McDonald thing was a reach, you know. Listen, yeah. it is a slight reach that Joe Douglas did make. It's the very, very first time he ever did a slight reach on a player like him. But you know something, Joe? He has very, very quick speed. He's also very, very fast. And, heck, even during the OTAs, he was actually making a really good good first impression at the OTAs. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of talk about him. Again, we saw him, you know, during the drills, running, moving, and shaking. Yeah. Now, when you talk about double-digit sacks for Will McDonald, Steve, how many sacks are you talking, man? Are we talking in the early teens? Are we talking late teens? What, what are we talking here when you say double-digit sacks? I would say, say, double I would say in the early, early teens. How early are you talking? I would Give me say a number because I'm interested 11, now. 12. Give me a number. 11, 11 or 12. 12 for Will? Okay. Okay, you're thinking he gets 11 or 12 his rookie year. All right, all right. I don't know. We'll I'll tell you one thing, Again, Joe, gonna if be... that does happen, go ahead, go ahead. he should win defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to deny him of that if he's putting that type of pressure in. I mean, you know, maybe it happens again. You know, these different packages, if he catches heat. Again, Jermaine Johnson's the guy that's coming on as well. I think he'll take a next a step forward too. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting to see how they utilize Will McDonald. But if he does catch heat and he gets rolling, you know, maybe, maybe he puts together some numbers. Maybe he puts together some numbers, Steve. Now, we're talking about a lot of things here as well. I want to go to the offense with you. There's been a report put out about Aaron Rodgers. A lot of talk about him supposedly turning a trade down to go to New England. Supposedly, New England was talking with the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers shut it down and said, hey, listen, Packers, if you trade me to New England, I will retire, okay? 
What are your thoughts about this report from Craig Carton? Do you think it's true? Do you think it's nonsense? How do you feel about it? You know, listen, I I don't know if it's true or not, Joe. I, I really, really, really don't know if it's true or not. I, I honest, because I think the what I think if let's say if it was true, you know, Aaron Rodgers would come out and say it, because because you know what it is, he doesn't want to see Bill Belichick win another ring. I think if it was a true statement, he 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 wouldn't want to give Bill Belichick another ring. You know, you know, and, and the thing mm-hmm. is, is that everybody would all even said that if Aaron Rodgers would play for the Patriots, it would be like another dynasty for them. But the mm-hmm. other thing that I look at this situation, Joe, is in my opinion, I really, 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 really don't think it's that very true and necessary. I, I just think that that guy just like he just likes to say those things to just get attention. But you know, yeah. But now. But I guess so. Joe, yeah, that could be. Like, hold on, Steve. That that now. could be true because uh, he did. I remember again. There was a recent report that he put out as well. It was before we got Aaron Rodgers. It was before we got Aaron Rodgers, and he was talking about the Niners would step in and snatch Aaron Rodgers from the Jets. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. Right? We knew that Aaron Rodgers had publicly said he would never play for San Francisco. We also knew that Aaron Rodgers you know, also not only did not want to go there, but they couldn't afford Aaron Rodgers either when you look at their cap situation. And they already had a, a bunch of quarterbacks already there. So it was like, what spot exactly you know, was Aaron Rodgers going to feel there? They wouldn't be able to afford him. He doesn't want to go there. And the Packers couldn't send him to anywhere he didn't want to go. And they already had quarterbacks. So it was like, uh, you know, the, the whole – hurry up and make the trade Jets or San Francisco is going to snatch. That was kind of a, a nonsensical rumor as well that he was reporting to. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe it myself, but, uh, you know, he keeps putting it out there. But I'll tell you what, the fact that Aaron Rodgers chose the Jets, okay, aside from the, the, the rumors about New England, the fact that he chose the Jets shows you that this place has changed. It's changed quite a bit. All right, because he could have gone somewhere else. There were other teams interested at certain points. But from the jump, he said, hey, the Jets are where I want to be. I want to play for this football team. He went on Pat McAfee and told him, hey, listen, I want to play for the Jets. I've told the Packers I want to play for the Jets. And now look where he is. He's here in a green and white jersey doing work, Steve. Give me your thoughts, man. Yeah, no, no. It's really, really great how he do how he is doing work, you know, like with the Jets. And especially with the fact that he helped volunteer, you know, like he decided to go to the OTAs because obviously he wanted to learn. He wanted to show like all the new players about like what him and McDaniel Hackett had done when they were in Green Bay together. And you know, and 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 even Zach Wilson came out in an interview and literally said this that he is liking the system of McDaniel Hackett more than the two years yep. that he's been under the floor. Zach Wilson yep. even came out and literally said that. You know, and, and remember, one of the reasons why why the Jets have always have not been good for many, many years is whenever when we get an offensive coordinator, like a new offensive coordinator, it's always someone very new at the job at the beginning. Like, it, it, like we we've never had a well experienced offensive coordinator like never and and that's been another one of the reasons why 
why we haven't been that good of a team. And now that we finally do, we finally have it. Have it now. Now we now we can't wait to see it. But now, but now, like I said, Joe, this is now mm-hmm. the time of the year when where things are kind of quiet now. And there's actually one last thing I'll bring up before before you go. You say the next thing to me. So our former Jets general manager Mike Tannebaum came out and and literally said this. Yes, he gave the Jets an A for like for the for what they've done in the off season. But here's the thing. He gave them an F for not having mandatory minicamp. And, and, and you know, remember when Robert okay. Sala decided to yeah. cancel the mandatory minicamp because he won- yeah. obviously this was supposed to be the week we were supposed to have the mandatory minicamp. It's the, it's the final three practices before we go on the time off. The reason why Coach Sala chose to do all of that is because he wanted the players to get some time to rest and also, in case if you do remember, Joe, we are scheduled to play in the Hall of Fame game the first Thursday in August this year. Because, you know, remember, yeah. we do have an extra preseason game on the preseason schedule this year. Yeah. No, listen, I, and I understand that, but I was a guy that, and I, and I still think that we, should, we still should have had a mandatory minicamp. We still should have done that. Because the, the, the thing is here, there's a lot of pressure on the New York Jets, okay? There's a lot of expectations on the New York Jets this season as well. I talked about it recently. Six primetime games, six, and it could possibly be seven if one gets flexed in. Everybody in their mama is going to be watching us because Aaron Rodgers is here. We're going to be all over ESPN, NFL uh, Network, anything that has to do with football, the New York Jets is going to be there, right? Whether we win big or we fail, we're, they're going to put us on the front page of everything. A lot of Jets uh-huh. fans are screaming Super Bowl or bust. The expectations have been raised tremendously here, okay? People are, people are talking about this left and right. Here's the deal. We are also ushering in a, a new-ish offense, okay, with Nathaniel Hackett coming here. Is there a lot of things that are being held over from Mike LaFleur? Yeah, but the verbiage is different. Guys are having to learn how to run routes differently. There's still a lot of moving parts as well, newer guys that we just got here, that they're trying to find their groove. They're trying to jail. Generally, offenses take quite a bit of time to get installed. New offenses take quite a bit of time to get installed and get running properly. We don't have the time to come off the blocks and not start hot. We don't have the time to do that. You look at this schedule, it is riddled with killers. And even the teams that we don't think are very good, they're going to give us their best shot week in and week out because it's the Jets. The same way that teams look at Kansas City or they look at the Bills, this is a big-time team. They come in here. we got to give them everything that we got. So I think we need to take as much time as possible, every rep, every snap, every mental rep that you can have, you need to give them. Because we have young guys as well. We're talking about a lot of these veterans that are moving and shaking here that we've brought in. There are young guys here, too, that we expect significant you know, impact from. We just talked about one, Will McDonald. You yourself just said you expect a double-digit sack season from him, right? That's a lot to ask of a rookie, to be completely honest. Double-digit sacks. Me, myself, seven or eight sacks, I'll be cool with that from Will. Even five, I'm good. You said you want 12. You th- uh, Early teens, that's what you want. 
That's a lot to ask of a rookie. He needs to be in here. The defensive coordinators need to be looking at him. The staff needs to be looking at him. They need to be critiquing how he does stuff, right? But let's move on from that. Let's go to the offense. What about Joe Tipman? This is a guy that everybody thinks is going to be the starting center. You don't think that he needs more snaps? You don't think it would benefit him to be a mandatory minicamp, picking Aaron Rodgers' brain and being completely immersed again within the offense? Because let me tell you something. When we go out there week one, when we go play the Bills, we're going to play Kansas City, they're not going to give a damn about nothing about none of that because we're the Jets, and they're coming to smoke our boots. I believe, and again, I'm not bashing Coach Sella because I love Coach Sella. I think he's a great coach. But we should have had mandatory minicamps for all of those things. Teams are going to give us their best shot. Ask yourself this. Will Bill Belichick have not had a mandatory minicamp? Oh, he would have had one, and we all know that. Because Belichick wants one thing, and it's to be completely prepared. They don't give a damn. Those boys prepare. I'm telling you, the Patriots prepare like none other. Every second, every everything is focused on being completely prepared. And we're not just talking about film. We're talking about down to the rule books. Remember when he was abusing the rules? <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, and I hate Belichick, but do you remember when he was abusing the rules at one point? There was rules that he was taking advantage of. They created formations. You can look this up. They literally were creating formations because the rules had been bent a little bit offensively. They've done that there. There's, there's literal offensive formations that the Patriots created because they saw that they could take advantage of certain rules that had been uh, bent offensively. So I understand this whole, hey, you know, everything's good. Let's not tire the guys out. Let's not – listen, expectations are here. Aaron Rodgers is here. Super Bowl or bust is what everybody is screaming. You better be prepared. Take the time to prepare to the gills. Mandatory minicamp should have happened. I don't give a damn if you have the Hall of Fame game or not. There should have been mandatory minicamps. I'll give you the final word on that, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, listen, I understand, Joe, where you're coming from, that, that they shouldn't have had the mandatory minicamp. I, I understand, you know, where they're coming from. And, listen, I would have been okay if they would have had, like, maybe one or two practices. And I understand that, 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 that Robert Solid like, didn't want to take a risk, you know, like with players, you know, with that kind of stuff. He also didn't want to take a risk with them, like, getting injured or not. But you know what, listen, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, because uh, Coach Solis says – now, Coach Solis did mention that if there were things in OTAs that he did not like, then, yes, he would have had done a mandatory minicamp. But, I mean, according to mm-hmm. what Coach Solis did say, he said that he felt that the team was – Ahead of schedule, he also felt like where, that that he did like where the team was at. He even met with Joe Douglas about it, and you know, he him and, and Joe Douglas said to Coach Solid, you know, listen, you are the coach at the end of the day. It's your decision on what you think is right for the team. You know, what on how you feel, and, and you know what, and and he decided, you know what, I'm gonna let the players rest. No, we won't do a mandatory minicamp, you know. And the thing is, is that the Jets will report in much earlier to training camp this year. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. Wednesday, July 19th, 
or Thursday, July 20th. It's going to be one of those two days. It, it will be mm-hmm. the earliest they ever have reported to camp because every year when it when it comes when it always came to reporting to camp, it was always at the way end of July. But now it's going to be yeah. the middle to the end of July this year. One one thing is is because of the Hall of Fame game we have in August. So you know what, Joe? At the end of the day, we'll see. But right now, this is the vacation time for the team. Yeah. No. Listen, I hear you. I understand that. It's vacation time, but, you know, me personally, I don't think it should be vacation time. I think it should be preparation time. Listen, Steve, I'm going to go ahead and let you go because I got callers. I got to slide off. I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? All right, Joe. No problem, man. Good night. Now, you have a good one. Steve calling in. Listen, I've gone back and forth with a lot of people about that, man. People are talking about, hey, Joe, you know, everything's good. Don't worry about mandatory minicamps. Okay, cool. I'll tell you what. If the New York Jets start this season, because it's a possibility, we got some killers on the schedule. I don't know if y'all know that, okay? (laughs) I don't know if y'all looked at this schedule. Buffalo, Dallas, New England. Kansas City, Denver, Philly, those are those are some good football teams in there. Let the Jets start one and five, okay, or two and four. I guarantee you we're going to be hearing, I can't believe y'all skipped mandatory minicamp. I'm telling you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying that the New York Jets cannot afford to come out and not be hot offensively from the jump. They can't afford that, okay? And there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things moving and shaking around here. And they're like a lot of young players that we're expecting to have big impact in this upcoming season. And that's who benefits the most from mandatory minicamps is these young guys. And even these new guys that we brought in, Nicole Hartman, hello. (laughs) Hello, okay? He could use it. I'm just saying. All right? Garrett Wilson, phenomenal rookie season. I expect big things from him in the second season. He's in a new offense here with Nathaniel Hackett, new quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, C.J. Uzama, all those guys. What about the battles we got going on up front in the offensive line? Everybody's acting like, oh, everything's just so solid. What about Joe Tittman? Because I damn sure don't want Connor McGovern starting again this year. Mandatory minicamps, guys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not bashing Coach Sella. I love Coach Coach Sella. If there was space up here, he would be up here on my screen as well. I'm just saying. 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. I guess, uh, you know, we're going to be going back and forth about mandatory minicamps and other things. Next. I'm going to go to my guy, Rusty. I see you, Savages. I'll come to you all in a second. Salutes, Rusty. I want to thank you for calling in. Before we let Rusty go, let me tell you something. Rusty, that man's a savage. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Love you, Joe. Love you, fellow Savages. Let's go, Jack. Rusty. Rusty, Rusty, you already see me. I'm getting into it, going back and forth, talking about mandatory mini camps. We getting into it about a lot of different things here. Listen, let's start there because I'm a guy, okay, 
that has made it known that I am not the biggest fan of us not having minicamp, okay? I thought we should have had minicamps. Give me your thoughts on it. How do you feel about it? Do you agree with me or do you disagree with me being, you know, a little perturbed about us not having mandatory minicamps? Well, uh, respectfully and love you too, I think we actually did in a way if you think about it because Rodgers came in, you know, like he did the non-mandatory. All the rookies were there. Everybody else showed up, things of that. And we also have the Hall of Fame game coming up. You know what I mean? So I think in a way, I, I think we um, we chopped off the detour to where everybody's like, yeah, they're not fresh and ready. Meanwhile, you know, we're fertilizing the soil, and now everything's ready to come to fruition. And, you know, we're going to be like oaks, and you're not going to come through it. And, uh, yeah, that that's, that's actually how I view it, you know, because Rodgers – doesn't show up now i don't blame him the dude's an awesome character uh, i mean i i watched you know pat mcafee and you can tell when you watch it there the media gave the man you know things and then you know there's business things so i don't blame on what he says and what he does but you can see from the players he's a real guy you know <laughs> like you wouldn't have these mm-hmm. many packers and everybody else coming over and now, with Amos coming over, that, that has nothing to do with Rodgers. You know, like, our defense is a different situation. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good thing because, you know, he, the trust factor is a 1,000 million percent there. But, you know, Salah's defense is Salah's defense. We can't get that twisted. And No, listen. Boy, and, what and a – whew. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get yep. to that to that injury. I want I want to go back to the mandatory minicamp talk with you though. I understand yeah, what absolutely. you're talking about, right? And and I get it, right? Aaron Rodgers was there for the voluntary stuff they threw, but even having that minicamp, I think greatly con- will greatly continue to benefit this football team. Even though Aaron Rodgers is out there, even when he was out there as a voluntary stuff, right? What do we constantly talk about? Stopping practice at times or stopping things post snap and saying, hey, look, this is how you run it, him correcting guys. Even him breaking Mm -hmm. down things in the film room has greatly improved guys' understanding of the offense, and they were still learning, right? C.J. Uzama, veteran guy, talking about it. Hey, man, he's helped me out a lot. I'm learning different things every day. So that tells you that, hey, guys still need to, you know, and, and, and of course everything takes time, but the more you're out there on the field, the more reps you can get, the more mental reps, the more everything. Why not have mandatory mini camps for that? Because I personally believe well, Bilicek, I'm telling you, Bilicek would never not have a mandatory mini camp. He he's a grimy. You know, it, he's, he's only won championship. He's a grimy grinder. Let's meet me halfway. Yeah. No, but no, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Love I, you, I hear what you said. He is grimy. Listen, he is grimy, but I tell you what, he's a grimy winner. He's a grimy yeah. winner, right? Right. He's a. He's grimy got a craft winner. in his pocket, what do they though. Value? Because it, what do they value though? Being completely prepared. And I've talked about this. Oh, of course. Even the teams we don't think are going to be good, like this upcoming season. Like a lot of people, New England, a lot of people look at New England and think they're not going to be very good. 
Every no, they're not. But they're going to be competitive in our team. division. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, every I didn't mean to cut you off. But... Year, no, no. Every, th- every team we play this year is going to give us their best shot. Every last one of them. Oh, yeah. I'm talking to the ball. Oh, yeah. They're going to come out and play us like they're like we're a, a five-time Super Bowl champion because we're getting Heck that yeah. club. Like, look, we're right. six-time yeah. time <laughs> champions. We, right? we got that target on us, and we're not, you know, yeah. on sale. So. Exactly. We got <laughs> that juice. Yeah. We got that juice. Yeah, that's true. Talk. Like, we them boys. Yeah, we, I'll, so I, we I, haven't I, won nothing big yet, but we got that juice. Not yet. So guess what? We need to be fully prepared, and I understand what people are talking about. Thousand I get it. You know, players don't want to tire guys out, blah, blah. I get it. But I'm telling you right now, the Jets have to come out from the jump, from the start of the season, and be hot offensively. You A fall million behind percent. against Kansas City, you fall behind with Kansas City, they will put you away. We've seen them do it to really good oh, teams. Yeah. Come out and you fall oh, yeah. behind early, they'll smoke your boots. We play other Dude, teams. they did it to Philly, and Philly's insane. I was Talk about it. Philly, these are all you know, teams like, to come out and be hot <laughs> offensively. We're installing a new offense. I look at it like, and I get it, the mandatory minicamp stuff, we got to report for the Hall of Fame game. Listen, you need as much time as you could possibly get on the field when you're installing a new offense. You need as much time as possible. No, you're right. Guys need to be out there. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. No, no, you're, you're, no, no, you're, you're, you're a million percent correct, fam. But then too, at the same time as catch twenty two, where on the other part of it, you know, like before, he, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but even though we didn't have pads, you know, mini camp is completely different because now you're having pads. You know, you're you're having Mm -hmm. soldiers going to war. You know. So, yeah. and not having that, can't lie, it's got to hold you back. It, it definitely has something, you know, with the click and the punch. So, but at the same time, I think we more so mentally prepared ourselves, if that makes sense. You know, like um, Rogers was there. That was uplifting enough. Okay. And then yes. you have, like you said, you know, him programming the offense into everybody else. Now you have the other dudes like mm-hmm. Lazard, even Cobb. You know, Cobb's probably going to be, you know, mm-hmm. a five or a sixer. Can't take it away from him. The guy still has the science in his brain. So now you have three yeah. predecessors working off, you know, and it, it's, it, it's, it just roots itself. And, you know, so then you get pride, you get confidence, and then you're able to take that time off in a way to to where you can mentally have it in your head to be in like, okay, it's not a mandatory minicamp in the way that we're thinking of. We're prepping for the Hall of Fame game, and we're just going to eat that and take it as we can. But we have multiple different people that we can pick from, whether, you know, and that's what's great because everybody has different personalities. So you can Mm -hmm. have somebody that's clicking with Hackett, pull it off of him. You could have somebody that's clicking with Rogers, pull it off of him. Somebody's clicking with Lazard, pull it off of him. Somebody that's clicking with Cobb, pull it off of him. Bro, that's how many people that I just named? Like and that's just mm-hmm. you know, that's just the roots. It, it it's not, you know, the the tree, if you will. And 
not to get, you know, Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca-like, but that's that's how I envision it, man. So, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's tough to chop down a tree. You ever go at a tree with an axe, it's not that easy. And especially if you have mm-hmm. multiple trees going in one thing, I don't know. And then that's not yeah, even I mean, talking about the defensive side. That's what's crazy. Yeah. You know? And they're yeah. they're together. It's not like how the Bears were where you had an offense that wanted to kill the defense. Like, all of our dudes are on the, you know, on the same side, and they're like, let's go wreck the world. Let's – you know, we let's go catch those receipts. Yeah, no, listen. And listen, listen. I, I like yeah. I said, I hear you, Rusty. I just, you know, I'm a little, I don't like it. But it, it, you know, what's done is done, right? But you started to talk about the defense, and that's where I want to go with you. Listen, Chuck Clark, it's looking like he's torn his ACL. At least that's the reports that we got, right? And yeah, that's significant time. We brought in Adrian Amos, safety, former Packers, played with Aaron Rodgers, 30 mm-hmm. years old, one-year, $4 million deal. How are you feeling about the safety position, man? What are your thoughts on it now? Well, you put brains in it. You know what I mean? Like, the guy, the guy's football smart. You know what I mean? Like, he knows the field like a grid, and he's, mm-hmm. and he's very good with uh, plotting a pick. Last year, he was, you know, can't can't deny it he was freaking awful but prior to that you know that it was Amos (laughs) you know like the guy was a stud especially too when he was on uh Chicago and then it it was weird because he's running simultaneously uh whatever simultaneously with Rogers hand in hand if you think about it so when he was on Green Bay so when Rogers was going through you know when he won the two MVPs Amos was the man too he had an off year last year, so did Rodgers. And now every I, – I, I, I see it as you have a good collection of extreme knowledge. And then getting Trey Dean, too. Oh, I, I wish we would have drafted him. I'm just so happy we got on mm-hmm. that UDFA, honestly. Because now you put those guys into the pot and start cooking, geez. Like, athleticism, brains – and then you can just teach the youth when the youth has the brains too, along with the athleticism, whatever that word mm-hmm. is, but you can't pronounce it at the time. But, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's one of those things. I don't know. The yeah. garden's growing good. No, but... listen. <laughs> no, listen. I, but, I, uh, I hear yeah. you, man. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm fired up about this defense as well. You know, even it sucks to see Chuck Clark go down. Again, I hope the second opinion oh, yeah. You know, it's not as bad because I remember, I remember the night that uh, that Zach Wilson <laughs> jacked me up against. I think it was against Philadelphia in that preseason game, and people were like, "Oh, his ACL's torn." There were doctors coming out saying he tore his ACL, MCL, PCL. He's done for the year. People talking, his, his career's over. And it was just like, no, it's just a bone bruise, four games. Dude, so, he's so, lucky he's oh, young. Oh, I'm oh, telling oh, you, oh, <laughs> me or oh, you do oh, that, oh, dude. Oh, I'm I'm yeah. done for life. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, 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 you know. But again, with uh, Joe Douglas' yeah. reaction to it, you know, signing a guy and a lot of people talking about it within, well, you know, the Jets facility, they, that ACL may be torn. But we'll see. Now, as we it's terrible, about, but I love on the same part that they took immediate action. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, fam. Yeah, what yeah. did you say? Yeah. My bad. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. But uh, talking about this defense, man. 
I'm looking at this pass rush, and that's one of the things I'm excited for this upcoming season. And this is my question oh. for you. What Jets defensive players do you think we'll see have double-digit sacks this upcoming season? Cool. Yeah, you know what? And uh, Steve, the last caller, everybody by a call. Yo, I don't think he's wrong. I, I think Will has a shot to at least, I don't know, man. He might get 10. But And then that's the crazy okay. thing is – you have legitimate bona fide dudes that can. So who yeah. knows what JJ is going to turn into? That's one cat. Then you have you have Clemens, who you know he he reminds me of my. I have a top three defense. Like I have three dudes, and that's it: Klecko, John Randall, and the Deacon Jones. Like those are, the, and that's how I grade everybody. I'll just put it that way, and. How Clemens reminds me, he reminds me of John Randall. You know, like he really does. <laughs> and and now he, he's just uh, I don't know. I, so I, I think, I, dude. And then you have Q, you know, mm-hmm. um, Quinnen, and it, it's so you have legitimate just five guys that I think had to hit ten. That's freaking crazy and you're not even talking about woods that can hit like seven or who knows what they're going to do or even jfm dude jfm a lot of people forget how nasty of a defensive tackle he was you like yeah i i I, so so how many so how many guys are you are you thinking is going to hit double digits again this season betting man four you think four I guys think four. double digits? Give me your name. Give yeah, your name. ten. JJ. I think JJ hits okay. it. I think Lawson hits it. I think okay. Clemens hits it. I think Hugh hits it. And you then think Clemens I'll have. Gonna, so Clemens. Wait, wait, wait. You think Clemens is going to yeah. get ten? You think? Yeah, Clemens I think so. 10? When they, I think he only has yep. like two or maybe three. I think exactly. Like maybe. Two two point something or three last two. season. Yeah, so you think he gets? It was 10. intermediate. Yep. Okay, so you think he gets ten? You think uh, yep. Jermaine Johnson is going to get ten as well? Yeah. Who are you going to block? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So so those are that's two. Who else? Who's the other two you think is going to get double digits? Q. I think okay. Q. Q. I think Lawson. You think he gets what? You think Lawson? I think I think. I think Hugh hits minimal 10. I think Lawson okay. has a very good shot to hit 10. And then Lawson with has a, every... Has a damn good shot to hit 10, yeah. That's that's what I mean, man. And then you put, like, the phantom into the clip. Like, what, who's to say that, you know, I don't know. Out of 17 games, who's to say that Will doesn't get 10 sacks, bro? <laughs> like, it's crazy, but it's true. You know what I mean? And then the same thing with JFM. Who are you going to block? Who are you going to double team? Okay, so you're going to double team Q. So now Q and JFM are on the line. So now JFM is one-on-one with somebody. Now you have Lawson on one-on-one with somebody. And uh, uh, what do you call it? Huff? Oh, Jesus. I forgot about Huff. Oh, my God. I was about to say. I was <laughs> Keep going, Rusty. I'm telling you, I was going to finish uh, that door. No, no, my, my brain, my brain saved my life. Thank God. What about Bryce Huff? 
What about Bryce there you Young? Go. Like, yeah. You know, talking about John Franklin Myers getting 10 sacks in the defensive tackle well, position. Yeah. What about Bryce Young? I was, was going to try to do you, but you caught yourself. Go ahead. Now now go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead now we're up to seven. Off. Dude, okay, now well. we're up to seven, and it's realistic. That's what I mean. Like, I just, you know, I just caught my stupid brain. It's like, Yo, hey, thank you, Rusty. idiot. <laughs> Fred, I got to keep it real, fam, you know? <laughs> oh, it's crazy man. in a great way. It's nuts. It's good bonkers for once. Like, it, it is. Listen. When you seriously sit down and think about it, wow. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. It's realistic. No, I mean, 70 listen. sacks. Think about that. 70 sacks. That's minimal of 10 people of that I just named. Uh, seven people getting 10 of just what I named. That's not even rotation. So that's not even counting Woods. That count any of so like the, that's not even counting the linebackers or safeties or corners. Dude, it's gonna be nutty, buddy. It's gonna be nutty. Yeah, I, you know, we'll see. I I tell you what. Exactly. Man, I, I think it's. I, I think the New York Jets, the New York Jets, possible, are definitely though. gonna be much improved. Um, I think we're definitely gonna get after people. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think, again, I know the expectations are high for Will McDonald now, especially, especially since. I was shocked, but I was happy. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I'm not kidding. Because I learned from Sorrell. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I know people want Honestly. different guys, but it, especially, especially now, right? And I understand it. Yeah. I, I get it, okay? I get it. But at the end of the day, I think it's tough to ask him to have – you know, twelve sacks, something like that. I would exactly, be happy and that's Will the McDonald. beautiful point. I would be happy with Will McDonald getting us five to seven sacks. I'll be, I'll Heck be yeah. a phenomenal season, rookie season. Oh, you're not wrong. Sacks. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, all day. But that's what I but mean. Man, our rotation. Y'all talking about seventy sacks? Seventy? Think 70 about it. Sacks? Seventeen games. Think about it, and then we have that rotation. Yeah. Think about it though, and that's and that's just the front. That's not even, like I said, that's not even Woods. That's not even our linebackers. That's not even coming on safety blitzes. That's not on corner crashes, dude. I'm telling you, that's that's what I'm looking at minimum. Like in a way, when you think about it, like it's weird. Mm. Like think about all the people that I just named in 17 games. You don't think that the guy can get to the quarterback at least 10 times? Think about that. It's crazy. But I'm right. Yeah. Am I not? I mean, I, I don't know about 70. I mean, 70, I think the Eagles had 70 or close to it recently. Yeah, but, but that's I mean, the that's Eagles. We're the phenomenal. Jets, fam. We're the dragon, God. <laughs> you know? I, I, know, know that's that. it. I know Listen, listen, I get it. But to me, right, when I look at, okay, when we look at 70, like, we have to realistically look at it. And I get it. Quinn Williams. Do I, I am realistically. That's sacks? the crazy part. I, I hear you. I hear you. Quinn Williams, double-digit sacks. Yes, I can sign off on that. Carl Lawson. Do I think he'll have double-digit sacks? Yes, I'll sign off on it. John Franklin That's Myers, 20. no double-digit sacks. Yeah, that is 20. John Franklin Myers, double-digit yep. sacks. I don't know about that. I don't All right, half that. of it? And here's why. Here's why. You think he can get five? I think he can get five. I think he had close All to right, five. So that's year. 25. I think he can get five. So that's 25 yeah. between Bryce three. Huff. Now, Bryce, Bryce Huff is the guy 
I think he's going to have more sacks than he did last year. I think he had like three or four last year. I think he has eight or nine. I'll give you that. Okay. Eight or nine. All right. Tough. I think he has that. And I, but I think he provides a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, right? I think Quincy Absolutely. could end up having five or six sacks too. Clemens, the reason why I think it's going to be tough with saying that Clemens is going to have double-digit sacks is because Clemens is 290 now. He's going to be on the inside. They're going to move him. Oh, yeah, but who's going to double him? Who are you going to double? I mean, I mean, he going to – listen, I'm not saying <laughs> – Take your point. Clemens is going to have to show you that, though. He going to – I get it. Dude, he is, he is phenomenal. He's athletic, but he only had two sacks this past season. I think, like, maybe two, two and a half sacks this past season. That's it. Yep. And again, I like, I love, I love Michael Clemens. I think he's going to be phenomenal. But I mean, damn, he, he's going to go from two to ten, or two to twelve, or from or two and a half to twelve. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying twelve. I, I'm saying like nine or tenner. Like I can see it because, like, if you're going to double somebody, now you're leaving a one-on-one with an inside guard. The center's off somebody. What are you going to do? You're screwed. So now you have a left tackle. Yeah. Or right tackle. What are you gonna do? You know, like okay. just think about it. Out of seventeen games, you don't think that he can get to the quarterback ten times? I don't know. Think about it. That's that's. I that's know, a, man. Uh, look, I, I hear you. I hear you. But that's that's a jump from two from two and a half to ten the next season, and you mm-hmm. two ninety, and you gonna be on the inside. Yep. I don't know, especially again with uh, you know. Quentin Jefferson, we just got him into the building. Michael Clemens is still going to be in that yeah. rotation. You know what well, I'm saying? Absolutely, so and then they can add to it. So say they go 5-5, five and five, and that's still 10. Uh, yeah, but that's 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. That's not one player getting 10, though. That is, it's 5-5 five and five you combine it. Yeah. yeah. If I can buy exactly. it. Exactly. But that's – no, no, but, Joe, I, that's I, the crazy part. It's, ahead, it's, still on the def, it's still on the defensive line. So no matter how many you cut it, it's going to get to 70. And that's just a defensive line. That's not the linebackers. Dude, we're going to – How does it get 70 if I just chop the numbers down? Because if you chop the numbers in half, right, so now the person that's coming in to replace them, they're going to do the other half. And okay, then, but that's not, one guy, that's not one guy getting 10, though, Right. That's not one guy getting ten. That's two guys getting okay, five. So, That's ten put together. All right. So so then the whole defensive line. So then the whole defensive line on a rotation is seventy. I'm gonna let you get take off, Rusty. Believe me, <laughs> I'm not cutting you off. <laughs> no, I'm, I hear you. I'm not bashing you. I think the Jets. Uh, no, I'm not even going to be explosive. I think it's going to be very good. Heck yeah! But seventy for me is just I don't know I about so. seventy. But go ahead. I'm listening. Go ahead. Convinced. No, but that, but, but that's what I mean. Like we have so many interchangeable parts, so that you put the mm-hmm. guys on cycles. So that out of seventeen games, the guys that I that we both just named that you can hit on ten, and we didn't even go through the the rest of them. So then you have yeah. the other people too that we can agree on that they would at least get five, five to six. If you go through the whole defensive line rotation, that's actually 70-plus sacks. And that's not even counting the middle linebackers. And then that's, you know, not counting on the safeties. Safeties probably get like four or five for the year. You know, things like that, sporadic, hopefully more. Who knows? But, yeah, yeah, I, I see it. 
And then that's only okay. going to make our secondary feast. So maybe we'll get those interceptions this year. I hope, you know, hope we have yeah. non-butterfingers, but, you know, it is what it is. I'd rather no touchdowns, you know. Yeah. No, I'm going to break it all like down. I, said, but that's, I, I think yeah. the Jets. I think the Jets' pass rush is going to be phenomenal. I don't know about 70 sacks. I do think we'll get quite a bit of sacks this upcoming season. And I think the pressures mm-hmm. is what's really going to make us out. Like, like you said, and it's something you yeah, touched I'm on with you. just a second ago. I think our turnovers, our interceptions, fumble stuff like that is going to go up because of the pressure we're going to be able to put on the quarterback. That's what I think is going to happen. Chaos. A lot of people aren't talking about that. They're just talking about sacks. I think our interceptions go up. I think people are going to have to force balls in the, into uh, Soft's hands. DJ Reed, yep. I think, is going to eat this year. And a lot Yo, of Reed is going to go insane this year. Oh, yeah, you're right. Goodness. Dude, Carter, oh, my Carter is going to be like the Carter, too. Wasn't that like the best-selling record of all time or something like that or up there? Yo, he's going to be like that. You're just going to see him just swipe across the field like a typewriter and be gone. I'm telling you. Yo, he, yeah. you're so right, Joe. He is so underrated, yeah. and mm-hmm. everybody forgets about MC, too. I'm with you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm going to keep bringing these names up. Listen, Rusty, I got to slide off. You know, I love talking to you really? about this football team. Thank you for calling in. Absolutely. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? Heck yeah, Joe. Love you. Love the gangrene family savages. Let's go, Jets. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, I'm talking that talk tonight, all right? I want to hear your takes. I want to hear your perspective. I know chat going, uh, savages in the chat going back and forth. Boy, oh, boy, you know. Dakota J says, we're not getting 70 sacks. Come on, make it 100 then. Maybe 40 or 50. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about 70. I'm willing to hear. Rusty's passionate. He makes a good argument. He makes a good argument. It's just tough for me to 70. That's, that's, that's Eagles. I think the Eagles had that recently. I want to say they had this the last season. I think they had it. Boy, oh, boy. We're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639. Chris, I see you, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Please give the stream a thumbs up or get a video a thumbs up as well for those of you that are watching me. No matter where you're watching me from, please subscribe. If you have not subscribed as well, and hit that notification bell. All right? Also, some, also if you want to give to the platform, the Super Chat is there. All right? Anything you give to the platform, greatly appreciate it. If you want to pass on the Super Chat, the Cash App is at the bottom of the screen. Again, anything you give to the platform is greatly appreciated, okay? Next, we're going to go to Chris, man. I know that Chris has something to say, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> For those hey, of you that up, do bro? not know, Chris, Chris oh, is a savage. Chris, 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 What's going on? He said, I'm back. Um, I'm back, man. Get your, get your comments. With another Riley one. There, man. That's right. Chris is back with another one. Yes, Listen, sir. Chris, I'm battling. I'm battling with people tonight, right? I'm no, talking man. to people about mandatory mini camps. A lot of people don't like, uh, or a lot of people think that I 
Emma Hayden, you know, they think it's okay not to have a mandatory minicamp. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Give me your thoughts right. on the Jets not having a mandatory minicamp. Are you all right with it, man? Mm. Is it, you know, is it all good to you? Mm. Well, it depends, right? Because we got, we got a new offense and stuff, and, you know, it's we're going to see. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have done it. I would have had the guys out there practicing and stuff, but I guess – you know, they everybody is, is is like nervous about injuries and getting their players getting the season healthy and you know, stuff like that. I mean they do start you know, with the Hall of Fame game and stuff like that, you know. But I mean, listen, if they got everything done in the first part of the training camp and they got all the things they need to do, then let's see. I mean, um, you know, this is a big expectation year and I would expect them Everyone to be, you know, practicing, you know, and and getting it together. But maybe they clicked and everything is is working. Maybe everybody knows what they're supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, maybe Aaron Rodgers is that quarterback that got everybody down and you know they're practicing all night and they don't need a mini camp to to get it. I mean, but I wouldn't have done it. But you know, um, I guess Robert Sala and and they thought they would need the defense. I don't think needed it at all. The offense, I do mm-hmm. think, needed to kind of kind of uh, gel together as far as what they were going to do, you know, or do yeah. things that. Well, I, listen, I'm, I I'll keep telling people, I I understand the Hall of Fame game. I get it, mm-hmm. but my question mm-hmm. remains: Would Billichek, okay, do, would do you think we would ever see Billichek or the Patriots? Not have a mandatory mini camp in this situation. No, no, no. They, they really <laughs> practice very hard. Yeah, they 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 oh, go they, hard. They go hard. There. Everything they just they're out there week now. They're not doing anything. Yeah, we think they, 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 they out. Yeah, yeah. They gonna be prepared yeah. to the gills, and I'm telling y'all, with all the expectations that is on this football team, mm-hmm. people call into this show on a weekly basis saying, "I remember we got Aaron Rodgers." Super Bowl or bust, Joe. I said, whoa. They said, whoa. What are you talking about, whoa? Super Bowl yeah. or bust? You better wake up. I said, okay. No. I was just talking about playoffs. They said Super Bowl I, I, or bust. I always yeah. said that the Jets – I always said this about this, the Jets, this Jets team. They're going to start off slow, and then people are going to start getting upset. But towards the end of the Boy. year, the team will pick up. But, Boy, I mean, I'm me already expecting that. You know, I'm already – I'm already – like I said, you know, I'm already expecting that. So everybody's going to think everybody's going to come out, like, flying and Aaron Rodgers throwing 100, 150, 300 yards. And, you know, there's still a lot of questions on the offense, man. You know, and these offense have to yeah, yeah, But later on, the season, later on the season, I think, you know, I think we, we end up 11 and 6. I think that's the, the, the key number. But I think we're going to struggle maybe two or three games at the beginning of the season. But that and that's what I'm talking about. That's why mandatory mini camp having a mandatory mini camp would greatly benefit right. this football team. I understand, right. okay, what you're saying. You just said it yourself, right? And listen, I got people calling in talking about the expectations they have on all these rookies and how they got to come out. Will McDonald is going to have double digit sacks and Joe Tipman yeah, and all. Right. <laughs> listen. No. The New York Jets cannot afford to come out and not be hot at the beginning of the season offensively. We can't afford that. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of good teams on this schedule, okay? 
We right. come out Buffalo. That. If you come out and you're not hot against Buffalo, they're going to smoke you. Dallas is a good football team. We go against New England. They're always well coached, even if they're not that talented. <laughs> they're always well coached. Kansas City, okay, come out cold against them, and they'll put your ass back on the plane cold as well with an L, okay? Denver, right. a scrappy right. football team. Philadelphia, phenomenal team. You come out cold against these teams offensively, and you're not putting things together because guys are still trying to figure out where they need to be within the offense, and you'll get destroyed, okay? I, I, I mean, I, you're right. I hear it. You're right. I'm just letting y'all – like, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean – I, mean, I, I see this. Here's, here's what yeah, I see, Chris. If the New York Jets come out, and by the bye week, I think our bye week is week seven. If we've only won two games by week seven, if we're if we're if we're one and six or two and four, I'm telling you that all these people that's like, oh yeah, many mandatory mini camps don't matter. The first thing they're going to talk about is the fact that the Jets didn't have a mandatory mini camp. That's the first right. thing they're going to be talking about. And the first thing they're going to be talking about is, man, we should have done more to prepare. Look. I get it. Hall of Fame games in the building. I understand that. Those guys need to be out there on the field. Because, again, I mean, my I, question I, I is stands. Would Belichick not have a mandatory no, media? No, he wouldn't. I think he has one. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have Practice all day and night. He wouldn't have skipped yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't have it. It would but you know I'm saying it's different for the team with veteran team and they've been together for ten, mm-hmm. like four, three years, and everybody knows everybody. But this is a new offense, so I was kind of mm-hmm. shocked that they did that. You know? but I mean, yeah. the good thing about the Jets, the, what's going to save the Jets, honestly, is their defense. And um, honestly, I'm going to say something very popular to Jet fans that that um, that they people don't really understand. I like Adrian Amos better than I like Chuck Clark. Um, I, I think he's a better wow, player. Okay. I think he's more. Talk, I think ahead. he's more tested. I think he's a better player than Chuck Clark. I looked at both players wow. from Chicago. Yes, he had a couple of, of down years, but when he had a pass rush on him, he was a beast. He was a ball hawk. He was made many interceptions. He took down Tom Brady. He was in a very tough division with Drew Brees, and this guy was is tested against good quarterbacks. So I'm telling you. When that, when this whole free agency, I wanted Adrian Amos and I wanted and I wanted Whitehead. I think Whitehead suffered last year because of, he had some problems with the defense. But I think that he's. A, but I think we have a top tier safety thing. I think oh we we're wicked safety. I think this is the strongest we've been in safety since um, we had um, Adams and uh, the other gentleman. So I think we and Marcus we, we're May. The Make us May. Yeah, you got two guys there. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my yep. goodness, Jamal Adams! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I played a couple of good games. That name just—that name just throws me through a loop. Listen, I, I, there's there's some concerns. There's some concerns about uh the safety position, but like you said, I think with Amos here, I I personally like Chuck Clark a lot. Uh, he's a versatile guy that moved around. I was yeah. glad when we grabbed him from the Ravens. I know that yeah. he had actually requested a trade prior to us moving on right. from, or to, to him, you know, coming to the New York Jets. But, and man, with him in the building, I liked it. Go ahead, say it again. At an, at, at an I don't think we're done adding to the safety position mm-hmm. either. Just to let you yeah. know. I, I think we're going to get it better better. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we got some guys in the building. Tony Adams is still here. We did get rid of Real Parks. I was surprised about that. He's a guy that yeah. usually, you know, 
finds his way to stay on the Jets roster, but not this time. Maybe he comes back. Who oh. knows? Trey Dean is here. We got Jared yeah. Bernard Converse as well. They just drafted him. He's a guy that could end up, you know, I mean, really being instrumental back there in that safety position. In the third round. I, I was really surprised that Trey Dean to get drafted. I mean, I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, I seen yeah. him in Florida. I was, <laughs> I was shocked. I thought he was drafted in the third round, and I was like, I was very shocked that this guy mm-hmm. was not drafted. I was, I was stunned. I mean, I thought he was yeah. just one of the best safeties in the SEC. So I, I mean, you know, I was kind of shocked that he didn't, he didn't get drafted. I was, I guys was, slide, I was man. Guys slide. I was Chris, stunned. You know, I was we really know the draft. Guys that. slide off the board that I would never. <laughs> man. There's guys sliding <laughs> down the board this year, and I was like, huh? <laughs> I, that, that's what I was saying. Still, I mean, I thought Trey, how is he still there? That's what I just I said, Trey Dean. I was like, and after the Jets, and that's a Trey Dean. It's the same safety as Florida? The guy was flying around yeah. the field and tap, making tackles and stuff. I thought he was in the third or fourth round. So, I mean, yeah. but, I mean, that's that's me, man. I just, I just think that yeah. uh, I think the defense is going to be really good. The offense will be sputtering, but it'll, it'll get on point. I think Aaron Rodgers will use the – Start using the, the uh, tight ends and stuff, but I mean it depends if we add a run if we get if we get another. I, I'm I'm really in favor of getting another veteran running back. I, I, I just think it's too, I, mean, I think it's too, we got a bunch of battles here. I mean, what, uh, let let me get your thoughts on this thing. You talking about adding another veteran running back? We saw Sulla, you know, come out and they asked him directly about Dalvin Cook. And to this point, the show is live. To this point, Dalvin Cook has not signed anywhere else, to this point, to my knowledge, right? He could be signing right now as I'm talking. I don't know. But as of right now, he has not officially signed anywhere, to my knowledge. They asked Sulla about it. He says that's a stone that we'll turn over, you know, but he kind of tossed it over to Joe Douglas and, and, you know, took a back step and said, hey, that's for Joe to figure out. I don't know how contracts work. There's a lot of rumors well, that Dalvin Cook to the New York Jets is a thing that we can get done here. So would you want to see Dalvin think, Cook coming to the New happen. York Jets? I, I Come closer to your phone a little bit. I'm having I think trouble hearing. Come closer to your phone. I think he's going to be a great back. I think uh, Bright Reese Hall is going to be a great back. But this is the thing. When you're coming back mm-hmm. from an ACL injury, right, it, it, okay. it takes you a while to get back into to, to the no matter who you are. Just take a look mm-hmm. at Jamal Murray last last year and this year. Jamal Murray had to take two years to get back from that injury, right? And now you see Jamal Murray winning the NBA championship. It doesn't you 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 need time. You can't just say, okay, Brees Hall's gonna go go back on the field. No, you need at least two years to replay, fully recover from that. So this is throwing him back in there and give him cut, give him all these carries and stuff. And just let's be honest with you. I know the, the offensive line and everybody's. You're betting the Jets' offense on Michael Carter, and you know, and to play. I mean, is he the guy that can carry the load? But do you want to base the offense around a fourth round, round running back? I mean, I mean, I mean, is he the Why great guy? Why can't they base it around Michael Carter? Michael Carter's not a bad running back at all. He's and not. He's full, not fully, no, I'm not saying. I'm not just closing guy. fully. I'm a but Michael I'm Carter saying, fan, as I'm everyone knows. Saying, I'm just saying. Go ahead. Who would you rather have, Michael Carter or, or, or Dalvin Cook? I mean, it depends on how much Dalvin is coming in at, to be completely honest. It depends on how much Dalvin is coming in at. Michael Carter, I don't think, is a bad running back. I know that he had a tough year last year, right? 
but there was also a lot right. of injuries along the offensive line, and they were not getting. Yeah, no you're right. Open. That's what I'm saying. Right. Was it? Was it All right. So was we've it? seen Michael and Carter. We we've literally seen Michael Carter win us a game before. Are you? We've seen that. Listen, like I said, and you look at some of the schematics and stuff and the thing. I'm not sure that Michael Carter and Bam Knight. Now, I may be wrong, but you know, I think that you know a veteran running back in this room would be the. Now, maybe Michael Carter had a bad year. Listen, this is one of the reasons they need to have they had mini camp because Michael Carter needs to show something. <laughs> before they bring Dyson Carter in, right? So we're talking about the thing, is he showing things in camp or even when the other guys say, hey, we don't need uh, these guys. These guys are, are great. Like I was in favor of trading for Devontae Adams or signing the thing, but I heard this guy Brownlee and these other guys are showing out in camp, you know, that they're really yeah. doing well. And, you know, some guys maybe get a, get a, get a shot here. You don't, you don't know. With a great quarterback, some guys can rise to the occasion. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be a run-first offense. So, you know, we're not going to be passing. Not This is not going to be the Aaron Rodgers that will be throwing the 100 yards, everyone. This is going to be a running team. It's going to be a ball-controlled <laughs> offense. So, so I'm sorry to think of it. Oh, my yards. goodness. Aaron Chris Rodgers just is here bursting everybody's bubble. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is not throwing back. the ball oh, around, man. Oh. It's going to be a run-heavy Come on with the run, 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 Chris. It's time to light the sky up. We're the New Orleans Saints. I'm telling you, man. It's time to throw for 7,000 yards. Let's do it. Okay, we got all these guys. Why can't we throw the ball around? Who wants to run the ball and be boring, Chris? Come on, man. Because because this is what I'm saying. The the Jets, even the offense is particularly picking on running running backs. And that's why yeah, they were talking about getting Dalvin Cook. That's why they're talking about getting all these running. Listen, because they were a lot of runs. They don't want to put Aaron Rodgers in position at 38 years mm-hmm. old, 39, 40 years old. Yeah. He has to go out there and throw for for three, 400 yards a game. They want to get him mm-hmm. there. He can throw for 300 yards. And then if he has to turn to Superman late in quarters, then he can do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I don't think they want to put him in a position where he's dropping back and throwing 100 Four hundred passes. I think they want to have a, a balanced running, running and passing attack. And this yeah. is the this is the this is what you're saying about minicam is the question about the running backs. Can Michael Carter, if Brees Hall's not correct, can Michael Carter, can Izzy Bonaconda, can one of those guys take the take the rim? I mean, I think Izzy can. Not sure, you know what I'm saying? Because NFL's a different game, but you know. You know what I'm saying, and then also you have to take into account for Michael Carter that you have you have in his defense you had Zach Wilson. <laughs> that's true. So you no, have, that's yeah, absolutely true. That's true. You know, you know, you know and that, yeah. that's that's something that people don't talk about, and, I, and I've talked about yeah. that in the past as well. That there's a lot of players on this offense that are not as bad as people think they are because right. the, the literally the <laughs> defensive game plan when Zach Wilson was there. Stack the box, he can't throw, he's not going to beat you with his arm, and even if he can throw the ball, he's so slow mentally that he, you're going to be able to catch yeah. up to where he's throwing the football because yeah. he doesn't recognize things quick enough. You're either going to get an interception or you're going to hit him. And they're not going to run the ball because everybody's going to be here. And so Everybody that's why our running game struggled as well. It was literally the same thing. Listen, you watch you watch the game plan against Zach Wilson his rookie year. It was the stack same the game plan they played the second year. Same game. Yeah. Go watch – I'm telling you, go watch the Panthers game 
you know, the one where Makai Beckton went down. Go watch that game. And then look at the right. games in the second year. They literally did the same right. stuff. <laughs> the same, right. That was the first. Yeah, game they, they they had they, they had the same great, stuff for the rest of the good and, and maybe he's not. Maybe yeah. he is a great running back. But this is the reason why you need to have mini camp to find that out. So I mean, I don't know. I definitely want to bring. I mean, Zach. I definitely, I definitely want to bring him back. Oh yeah, Quan Alexander and, definitely needs to be. I want to definitely bring him back. And uh, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of talk maybe about him wanting. His deal being too too much, or he wants too much. Again, those are rumors that are swirling. We'll see, but I think if a deal can be made with Quan, then they'll get it done. But quickly, go ahead and give me your last word on that, Chris. All right. Well, I think that Quan Quan will be back. I think he wants to play in there. I think he sees the, the market in New York and you know players. He's taken to the fans. I think they'll work something out. Maybe six to eight million. Maybe uh, four up there and four with, with easy incentives, and he gets in. He gets for the eight million dollar uh, thing, and we bring Quinton in, and that's it. And maybe bring with a veteran safety, and I think that's what we, I, I don't really think we're going to bring Dalvin Cook in unless he really wants mm-hmm. to come here. But um, yeah. I think I think yeah. So I think <clears throat> we'll see. But this is the reason why I'm questioning: like, is Michael Carter, is Bam Knight those guys? So minicamp would have said a lot about answered a lot of questions. So, we'll yeah, see. We'll see. I, I, we'll see. I, 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 Listen, we'll Chris, see. I want to thank you for calling in. It's phenomenal to speak yeah. to you. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? All right. You have yourself a good one. Listen, Chris calling in with some fire, okay? It's a good show, man. Good show. A lot of knowledgeable callers, okay? I want to hear your takes and your opinions, all right? You got to convince me. You got to convince me. You know, a lot of good takes tonight. We're going to go ahead and close the show out. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me show you to promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. All right. Also, leave me some feedback. I love thinking about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. All right. I'm also on Twitter as well. Go on over to Twitter, type in at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times, man. <laughs> Listen, ATV is a monster, okay? He's a monster, and he's going to destroy people this upcoming season. In case you forgot that he was dominant, he will remind you, trust. All right? You need a good offensive lineman. Heck, you just need a good player. Pick pick someone from USC, all right? You'll be good to go, okay? Fight on. All right? So go ahead and, uh, you know, follow me, personal page, at YoungJ000, okay? Also, you want to check the show out live, okay? You want to check my content out, what I do, Go on over to YouTube, okay? YouTube is in the building, all right? YouTube is in the building, okay? Go on over to YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, okay? Go ahead and subscribe, okay? Like the, the, like the videos as well, okay? After you like the videos, go ahead and comment. Troll me in the comments if you want to, and we can go back and forth on those as well. And when you see me in person, folks, it is arms out, chest open, 
free hugs for everyone, free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. I want to thank everyone for calling in. I want to thank everyone for interacting with me in the chat, going back and forth with all the savages. I also want to thank Adam Bartolo of the Virginia Jets Fan Club for calling in tonight, spreading his message and talking about what they do there in Virginia and how they show love to this football team. Get involved with them any way that you can. You folks have a good one. Peace.